When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You better clutch your nuts, honey, because it's time for Squirrel Talk. Hey, squirrels, it's me, Hillary Yass. And oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm at the end of this series of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. It's the finale. Oh, what a day, what a day. I've had such an amazing time just kind of like reviewing these episodes and bringing on some of the campiest queens in Canada to talk about them with me. And honestly, that's been the highlight. That's been the highlight. Just talking with people all across Canada, um, some from the States. I've had amazing guests. I've had Toddy. I've had uh, 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 Calypso Cosmic. I've had Geneva Convention, the winner of Kim Kiki. Like, I mean, I've had some amazing people. I've even had Seance, who is... It's very interesting because our guest today, um, Seance, is actually sleeping in, on their sofa right now. So it's a real full moment um, because Seance just did a show with them. Um, why don't we bring her out to talk about it? It's the one and only, the incredible, um, not number one drag queen in Montreal anymore, but number two, the one and only, Uma God. <laughs> Thank you. What I'm number two. I'm, I'm number, number two. two. <laughs> it's because I'm the shit. That's that's why I'm number two. So let's talk about that, right? You 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 lost your spot. You were the number one. What happened? <laughs> Listen, okay. So it's it's cult MTL. Uh, they cult Montreal. They have a a readers poll every year, mm-hmm. and for as long as the poll has existed, Madola Mutt who is a, is a drag icon of Canada, but obviously of Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, she's always number one because everybody who votes in the section for like best drag artist who doesn't know who to vote for mm-hmm. puts her name because she was very clever in that the, the, the cabaret that she runs is It's her called Mado. Yeah, I know. It's called Cabaret Mado. Yeah. So everyone remembers her name. So they put her name. So the, <laughs> year, the year that I got second place the first time, uh, she she actually told me she was like, oh yeah, you know, like, and she specifically said she's like, oh, it's just all the straight people that vote for me because they don't know who to vote for. So really, I won, but you won the popular vote. You're the <laughs> fan favorite. So I was like, okay. And then I said, next year we'll share it. And she said, I don't think so. So I took <laughs> it from her instead. <laughs> so I got I got first place, but then like now I'm contending with like famous drag artists from Drag Race because I'm up against Kiara, Rita. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be up against Pithia and Suki. So like now I'm probably yeah. never going to get more than like fifth place. But whatever. I mean, I, being just to be recognized and nominated by my peers and community is all that really matters, and also world peace. <laughs> <laughs> and world peace now that you have these uh famous sisters who are gonna like destroy the that the name of of Uma god do you think that they're gonna help raise you up or do you think they're just gonna stomp on your back and leave you for dead <laughs> you know what uh drags are unpredictable creatures and yep. so like i i couldn't tell you 
I don't know. Well, I mean, at <laughs> least you are the uh, queen of Canada, according to work.com, something that you're holding on to by the, the, your, your fingernails. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I, I won't like this. I was, I was called this once, you know? <laughs> well, basically it's because um, they, they did the, the, um, what do you call it? The, the poll, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was for the year of 2018, but then it took them forever to get it published. So it came out in 2019. Yes. But then because that came out in 2019, they kind of like pushed back their regular time, which meant that we fell into the pandemic, which they were like, I don't think we're going to be doing any like drag awards this year. So I've, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, I've been Queen of Canada since 2018. <laughs> That's amazing. You are Brooklyn Heights. You are the queen of the North. You are the Northeast, I suppose. Sure. Yeah. I don't do geography. That sounds a lot like, (laughs) that sounds like math, maybe. That sounds like it might be science. I'm just, I'm not here for that. It's it's very early. Not the Maritimes, of course, though. I mean, no one from the Maritimes has made it onto Canada's Drag Race. My goodness. I know, which is really (laughs) unfortunate. Um, you know, we all know that Halifax is like a breeding ground for drag kings. They it, they reproduce like bunnies. Yeah, like it, I mean, there's great there's great drag, especially in Halifax. I understand, like there's there's some smaller cities in the Maritimes, but Halifax is actually quite a large little place. So yeah, come on, come on, Canada, come on, Canada's drag. So do you still have dreams on of getting on that show? Did you want to get on on that Canada's Drag Race show? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like. I'm a full-time drag artist, so this is, like, the platform. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that I might have a slightly different point of view on it than a lot of people who want to get on the show. What is it? Um, What is it? What's your point of view? I I mean, basically, I am a really big fan of RuPaul's Best Friend Race. Best Friend Race? I've never heard of that show. I only know RuPaul's Stab a Bitch in the Back Race. Um. Well, that's just it, right? So my <laughs> favorites are like when the the drags actually are like enjoying themselves and when they're flourishing and they are succeeding. Like mm. I love to watch that because drag is such a wonderful art form, but it is such a it is such like a a, a taskmaster, right? Like you have to mm-hmm. be able to do everything without the use of your fingertips because you're wearing acrylics without the feeling in (laughs) two of your toes without being able to bend at the waist you know so like why would we want to watch each other suffer even more than we already know we are Mm -hmm. you know like our our wigs are already restricting the blood circulation to our brains like why make it more difficult for each other so i love when the people get on the show and Mm -hmm. they are enjoying themselves and having fun and that's what i want to do i want to get on the show to just have a really good time. Now, if I get on, am oh, I yes. going to have a good time? Ugh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> You'll be sleep deprived and they will only feed you um, chip- old day old Chipotle. So probably not. Um. <laughs> Chipotle is my uh, line. <laughs> isn't that some sort of meme with drag queens on RuPaul's Drag Race at this point? I love Chipotle. <laughs> Let's eat Chipotle. It's like, oh my God. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, do you? This is something that I think that's interesting about the show Canada's Dry Grace is that so far I think it's really shied away from com- comedy and character queens, and I would definitely say that Uma is a bit of a character because I mean you call yourself Canada's favorite unofficial auntie um, with the giant. 
I mean, like the giant um, under eye bags that you draw on and like kind of cartoony eye and permanent (laughs) messy hairdo, which I am always in love with the messy bun and messy ringlets. Like it's so funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I have I have basically four wigs that I cycle through and they're either yeah. like beautiful sculptural cartoon lady or yeah. they're like uh, or there's like two of them that are just kind of like listen, I'm here. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> you have your Karen wig, I guess. <laughs> well, no, no more in the sense of like you are lucky that I am here. <laughs> Um, no, actually, if I can be really honest, uh, I know mm-hmm. the wig that you're talking about. And I like hung onto that wig for so long. And to be quite honest, it was because I have one wig stylist that I trust with all of my wigs. And he uh-huh. is literally a genius. It's just uh-huh. unbelievable. And he unfortunately had some like health issues. He was mm. also going through the immigration process. <sighs> so basically, I had to try to like stretch my wigs out as long as I possibly could. Because yeah. I was like, I'm not going to ask him to make me pretty while he's suffering through like health issues, government, uh, relationships. The whole t- Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I am a beautiful woman, damn it. Been there. Uh, amazing. An amazing wig stylist in Toronto here. The amazing Mika Styles kind of. He was doing some wigs for me because Vicky introduced me to him um, when I was starting kind of. And uh, he stopped because he kind of the wigs made him sick. Is that, isn't that crazy? Yeah. I, uh, that's actually, it's, it's funny that you, you mentioned his name because my wig stylist is named yes. Mika Von Wig. Mika Von Wig? There's two Mikas? Oh my God. There's two, there's two wig <laughs> Mikas. So we're going to separate the two of them. So yes. mine is Mika Von Wig. So. What is this? The, the Omicron variant? This is the Mika variant of um, yeah. wig COVID-19. Um. <laughs> it's, they're mutating. It's crazy. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, I've had to kind of go into like just learning how to do it myself. Do you do that? Or you're bald, so you don't care. You don't, you don't know what hair is. <laughs> I actually, okay. So I'm, I'm bald, but only because I shave my head for aesthetic reasons. I'm actually okay. not bald. So you're actually so I, not bald. Ooh. Yeah, no, it's just, I, I did a bald cap like three times for, mm-hmm. a, for a number that we did for Dragula. And yeah. I was like, this is far too much work. So I just shaved my head because I was like, why, why not? Lots of creativity. Um, yeah. With my wigs, I know how to like, um, I know how to back comb it. Yeah. Like, you know, when you get a wig and you're like, this is not enough. So you just kind of go and, it, and yeah. you just like, you just puff up the entire thing. Absolutely. I know how to do that in an aesthetically okay way. And I can do like, uh, I can do a roller set, but mm-hmm. like once we get into like the sculptural stuff, no, it, I'm not there yet. Yeah, sculptural is hard. Sculptural takes time and I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm very much like a Lego wig person. I just like stacking wigs on wigs. <laughs> <laughs> you're like eventually you're just going to show up and just be cousin it. Yeah, essentially. That's my goal in life to be co- uh, the cousin it of drag. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not that far, hon. You are a little bit of a, mo- a monster. Yeah. Okay, so uh Thank you. Well, that, <laughs> this is two questions, um, but we didn't quite get there. Do you think that maybe one of the reasons um, that you haven't been on Canada's Drag have you applied for Canada's Drag Race yet? Yes, I have. Yeah. Do you think one of the reasons you haven't been on is because I think they're avoiding campy and character queens so far? Like, there hasn't been one. There really hasn't. Yeah, you know what? Um, so I, I kind of noticed the same thing, because the closest that we got was kind of Boa. 
Yeah, you know, she or has, like she has... Ocean, but I mean, Ocean is a man in a wig. She's not, you know, like, I mean, she's not doing the makeup that you do. Hello, you know. Um. Yeah, I mean, like Ocean is a like actually Ocean is a lot more of like a party girl. Yeah, uh, she likes she, she likes to party. Boa had at least like she had the 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 concept side where all of her outfits there was a joke. You know, so that's why yeah. like, I was like, okay, so she's kind of there. But you're you're right. There's not a lot of, like, the Broadway girls, the comedy girls. Like, no. we're, we're missing that angle. I don't know. Or just, they, girls, if- or just girls that have makeup that is anything but just that typical pretty pretty. You know what I mean? There hasn't well, been anyone with, with different makeup at all. Well, Jimbo. <laughs> I don't we can include jimbo in that jimbo just couldn't do her makeup <laughs> i think i think she does other makeup that, that she wasn't showing on the show because i've seen her do yeah. some really awesome looks well but, these days, I mean, like, but these days she does pretty pretty so i mean like she's even i hate i hate the term glow up because it always seems to be whenever someone has a glow up that it always just turns them into the same goddamn thing it's like they always look at it's like you're so glowing up it's like no now you just look like everyone else Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I think that uh, in season one in particular, I think that they, I, I, I noticed the same thing. And I said to myself, you know what, I think that they're probably doing it because it's the first season of a Canadian spinoff. And like, mm-hmm. we've been there for all of the other Canadian spinoffs. Like I remember watching Amer- uh, Canada's Next Top Model, which I think lasted like what, two seasons? <laughs> yeah, probably. I think, yeah. So, like, uh, I think for season one, they really wanted it to be as accessible and as neutral and inoffensive and Canadian as possible. So that way they could get the most eyes on it. Because once you get people in on season one, then everyone is going to keep watching. Yeah. So, like, doing it that way was a smart move. Now, season two, I mean, like, maybe they just really like beautiful girls, but, like... I think it's become even more shallow, to be honest. Like, I I think the jokes are even more less offensive. Like, it's sponsored now by Shoppers Drug Mart. I mean... (laughs) Or Femme Prix. Femme Prix, as you might know. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, the the noises that came out of people's mouths when they announced the, the Shoppers Drug Mart being like the the sponsor mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just like at the bar everyone was like wait what i mean like when you stop and think about it like there are really great brands at shoppers so like you know oh, yeah. you can get like your you can get your derma blend and you can get your i don't know dior and like they have high-end yeah. stuff but when when you first hear the name the first thing you think of is when you used to shoplift like like the cheapest <laughs> wet and wild makeup from the shoppers in high school when you first started doing makeup right so everyone was like wait what like if i wanted shoppers i would just go back and steal it like i used to (laughs) you know that that's a good point it's a good point and now i mean they hardly even have any people in the store they just have all these little uh beep beep machines at the front i mean it's (laughs) such a strange no one would notice no one cares frankly (laughs) (laughs) so i but i do think that's quite quite a reason like i haven't seen anyone like you on the show yet and i i think you have great legs to get on that thing once they actually let somebody like yourself on the show and i think you'd be amazing because you have all the resources and you're beautiful and you're fucking hilarious so and you're like the number two queen in canada or something so well number one in canada (laughs) number two in montreal Montreal. (laughs) yeah 
I mean, uh, I, tr- I, I try not to get too, like, I try not to hype myself up. I always say, my number one thing when I'm watching Drag Race, and I say this so often, if I have trust issues in my life, mm-hmm. it is because of Drag Race. Yes. Well, like, you, just, you just feel abused by the producers at this point. Oh, exactly. <laughs> well, no, not the, no, not the producers. No, it's just even from watching Drag Race. The, the public edit. of Canada. No, the edit, the, the edit. The, like, I always feel like I'm being gaslit. I feel like they're trying to tell me, like, this person's going to do well, and then they don't. Uh-huh. Or then that means that when I think that they're trying to tell me that someone's going to do well, I feel like they're trying to psych me out. So I try to go the other way, and then they're like, and then they do well. And it, like fucks me up so much can you never know what's gonna happen i know this is about uk uk drag race finale but can we talk about canada's drag race the roast episode for just one second (laughs) sure it was horrendous it was probably the worst episode of drag race i've ever witnessed i swear there was a moment where she's actually a friend of mine from college emma hunter who is a canadian actress uh and comedian um was the guest judge and she was helping the queens with their roast jokes and i specifically remember that when isis was doing her jokes and isis would say a joke and then it would cut to emma and it would just be like this stank face and then it would be like some advice and i was i didn't get it because all of isis's jokes were hilarious and they weren't laughing at them and i was like is this just edited to make it look like funny jokes aren't funny and me as a comedian hearing funny jokes not being laughed at was so gaslighty for me. I was like, this is not, this is not cool. What is happening with this world? (laughs) I mean, okay, so I've seen a couple of takes like on Twitter and stuff that agree with you about this being like the worst episode ever. But I'm actually going to, I disagree. I thought it was, I thought it was a a solid first time roast. Because don't forget Mm. that, Canadian drag is is still Canadian mm-hmm. so like you know we tend to be nice people and then also not me got, well no I know but that's why no one likes you exactly <laughs> you know what, that really might kidding. be it that might be it but like we're not we're we're generally not known I know a couple of really phenomenal roast like drag roasters mm-hmm. but in general it's not something that we do a lot of here in Canada kind of mm-hmm. like also uh impersonations are not huge in our scene like, people don't have a career out of yeah. being uh, an impersonator, Not, except for, like, Jimmy Moore here in Montreal. But, yeah. like, other than that, eh. Jalen Time, I think, maybe as well. Jalen Time, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like, it, it, the impersonation scene, it used to be huge. Like, it's just yes. changed. It's changed. But, but so, I, like, I, I felt like the roast was not horrible. I actually think that the UK yeah. roast was worse. Well, I mean, it was only, like, what, four of them, though. And Ella was pretty funny. And Kitty Ella was, funny. was totally solid. We can talk about that when we get into the episode. But for the Canadian <laughs> one, I really felt like um, one. Okay, so um, mm-hmm. she's probably sick of me dropping her name. She's going to mm-hmm. be like, bitch, shut up. But uh, <laughs> actually, Isis and I used to date in high school. Did you really? Yeah. <gasps> I can see it now. Oh, and, I have to go. I, I have to go. I have to go. I have to go. <laughs> I have to go for reasons. <laughs> Never mind. No, continue. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Uh, no, but the the thing is, is that like uh, we haven't spoken in in quite some time because I moved to Montreal. Mm-hmm. She's still in Ottawa. Um, oh yeah, because you and- are originally from just outside Ottawa, from Saint Pascal Belin. 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 Sorry, I said it wrong. But wow, look at you and your research. <laughs> I know, <Okay>. right? <laughs> 
but yeah, so so I went to I went to Canterbury with Isis, and so we haven't spoken in a long time. But what's really really great is that I'm watching her on TV, and I can still see the same person as when we were in high school. And it makes me so happy because I know that there was every opportunity for her to become a very different person. Mm. And I can still see that person that I really, really cared about in high school. (sighs) And like, I can see her sense of humor is still there. I can see that she, this is everything she was meant to be doing. Like, I'm so happy for her. So she's actually my favorite on that show. She's probably one of the only reasons I'm still watching it. Um, Especially now that, well, uh, and Pythia, Pythia, uh, Pythia is just brilliant. Um, Absolutely. Especially since Eve is gone now. And as we all know, Eve, uh, who is just actually Boa in disguise. um... (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, They are not only the same person, but they are also sisters and dating. They are one person who is two people who yeah. becomes one. If you get what I mean, they're just the they're just a, the Terminator from the future. They come back every <laughs> once in a while. I'll be back. Um, yeah, no, I I love. They're really good friends, and uh, it's always it's so funny because Boa is like the mess who is not as pushed put, put together, but a better performer. And then Eve is like has no personality, but is like so put together. <laughs> So put together. They, they're very much like a yin yang situation. Um, they are keeping balance <laughs> in the universe. Oh, absolutely! I love both of them so much. Um, uh, um, so, but but we want Dragula. Would are you a spooky queen? Are are you a spooky queen? Would you say? Okay, so here's the thing. Yeah. Um, when I started drag, it was in a theater piece. Yes. I started- yes. I started drag in a theater in the, piece called... the Laureen play, right? It was the... Exactly. Laureen, Queen of the Tundra. Which is like a play and, on Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, except and, for Laureen. And Laureen <laughs> Harper. Yeah, Laureen Harper. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So that's where I okay, started. Okay, but wait, for our listeners, you might not know who Laureen Harper is anymore because Stephen Harper was a former Prime Minister of Canada for all you youngins. Um, and Laureen, I, I got to meet her once. I had tea with Laureen Harper. Isn't that fun? <laughs> That's really funny because one of the skits in the show is me having tea with Laureen Harper. Oh, it was silly. Um. Um, but yeah, so so like I, because I started in in theater, like I really built up Uma as a character, mm-hmm. and I was a very very committed uh, to maintaining a, a very particular image for her. So yes. when we finally met, actually, the way that we got into Dragula was that we met Loris, who is one of the season one competitors. We met her in uh-huh. person here in Montreal. Uh-huh. And we met her uh, her agent who put us in contact with people from out TV to mm-hmm. do the, the Dragula screening parties. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Like, I love horror movies. I have. I was the kid in the Boy Scouts that like used to tell ghost stories. And like mm-hmm. my dad had to come over and be like, I know that you don't think this is scary, but like you're causing problems for the other children. Please stop. (laughs) Um, So like, this has always been an interest of mine, but I didn't think my drag could go there. I didn't think like I could let myself. So we started doing these weekly screenings and I started doing these looks and they still kind of were a little bit more, you know, Uma traditionals looks. But then as I started to get wilder and wilder, I was like, okay, people understand that Uma is a character. And basically what they kind of see when I do like Dragula style drag is like Uma, doing drag Mm -hmm. 
So okay. I was like, okay, like people are maintaining the the idea of who this character is, even though I'm doing something that looks different. So uh-huh. I let myself go loose. So like, am I automatically going to say like, I'm a monster? No, I'm not. I'm not a monster, but I do do spooky drag. It's not all the time. You, I switch between the you two. just said do do. And I like that. <laughs> it's not that kind of show babe sorry um actually so i'm gonna be heading to the toilet now and we're gonna be um just asmr farts all for the rest of the episode. i'm leaving <laughs> she can't handle it she can't handle it okay no i'm kidding but that's amazing so dragula uh i mean that's a really interesting thought that uma is putting on a character it, so you get very meta with your drag, don't you? See, you're such a character. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, well, I, I I wrote an entire play about <laughs> Uma's backstory. Yeah, like, she has a she has a biography. <laughs> Is like, the biography I... going to come out? Are you going to put it in a paperback? I would love I would love to read. <laughs> oh, absolutely! If I get on the show and I get famous, like there will be a book. Yeah. <laughs> like when I adopted my my drag sons, I had to like tell them I was like, okay, so listen, I would really love to adopt you as a drag son, but that means that you have to fit into Uma's story. So I had to like sit down with them and like work out how they fit into the story because I was like, I'm gonna have to talk about you at some point, and it needs right. to be clear and consistent. Right. And like one of them was like, "Girl, you need to chill the fuck out." And I was like, "No, you need to stop. That's what you <laughs> shush, shush, shush. don't argue with mother." <laughs> Okay, so what you've been doing drag, I guess now, last time you were on, it was six years-ish. So now pandemic time, I guess that's almost eight years now. Except, do you count those years? Um. Okay, so you know what? I'm going to be really <laughs> honest. I am, I am shit at keeping track of time. So I've been telling people, <laughs> like, I just sent in my application for Drag Race. Yeah. Um, Did you put, and... like, 22 years? So I've been doing it <laughs> yeah. since I was in the womb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I said seven years. But you know what? Well... I, I want to say 2014 is when I started. So okay. math? Um, 2014, so six, seven, seven-ish, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But I mean, you're, you're uh, that's the interesting thing about a lot of queens who come from like a theater background is that like, that's what I always ask myself is like, do I count those years? Because technically sometimes I put on a dress or like, did a character, <laughs> d- does that count? You know? <laughs> I actually never, I never did that because um, I was never in theater 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i actually when i went to canterbury with canterbury is an, uh, an arts high school uh i was in the yes. dance program where okay. like boys are boys because if you look too much like a girl then like no one's gonna like you so okay. like I, I i never i never did like a draggy anything really i didn't start doing drag until i was like i think what 25 do you think they do that at dance programs? They force boys to be boys because they just know if they don't, then they're all going to turn to flaming, like drag queens. <laughs> then, like, I think much. it's because <laughs> I think it's because they're self aware enough to to look at like a boy in tights spinning uh, around uh, wearing sequins and being like, "Listen, honey, we're already putting a lot on you. <laughs> like, you have to push back a little bit, otherwise, we're going to lose you completely, and then you become Le Truck, like." I, I I just yeah, this is just all cancelable material by Generation Z and, and beyond. They're just like, No, we will dance in the sequence now. <laughs> oh, but that's the thing is that we, we found we found ways to do it, which is why yeah. Trucaderos exist, which Brooke was one of them. Yeah, Trucaderos, so like, the ballerina company, the uh, gay male ballerinas. Yes. Yeah. Or they they're draggy ballerinas too, right? 
Um, yeah, they're all they're all um, like AMAB performers because I, I don't know. I don't know the gender identity of all of them, but that's as fair. Far as I, I know, mean, like gender identity, I think, is something that is getting so interesting. You know what? I, you, on Dragula, speak of Dragula. I think um, Dali is really interesting because that is probably the first representation I've seen of like a hyper king on one of these one of these programs. Would you consider well, that? I mean, like, uh, I don't think sh- I don't think that Dali has ever called themselves that. But like, um, it's it seems like because they they they're, they are I believe a Mab and they do generally male monster characters, right? Yeah, and that's the thing about Dragulus that that's interesting is that yeah. they never had to have Dolly say I'm a drag king because basically Dolly gets to mm-hmm. show up and say I'm a drag creature and that's enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like they they can do whatever they want, which I think mm-hmm. is lovely. The drag creature. I I just think it's so interesting. I just think it's so interesting that, that they open that that door even though that show is so mean. Like they're so mean to each other. Uh, it depends on what season and which drags you're talking about because oh, yeah. it, it it always depends. Uh, in season two, they had like one or two like shit disturbers. Oh no, I've watched them and all, then, and they 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 can be very vicious to each other. <laughs> like it's like mean. Oh yeah, but I mean, like Drag Race is no different. Yeah, like I mean, you need to take that wig off and put it in the toilet. You're you're like, right. You're right. <laughs> And that was the Canadian <sighs> one. Can you the the American one gets even worse? I know the Canadian Canadian drag race. I will say it is lovely to see such amazing Canadian passive aggressiveness come out to the forefront, and they get to see <laughs> how we are nice, but like just passive as AF, like crazy. Okay, so you your makeup is one of your big things. Do you love makeup? Uh, do you have any makeup tips? I I do I wanted to be a makeup artist when I was in high school and then okay. basically my parents were like listen like we're supporting you by sending you to an art school so that's going to be your like your high hopes dead end job mm-hmm. your your backup job cannot also be like a high hopes <laughs> dead end job so they put the <laughs> they they put the kibosh on on that makeup artistry dream mm-hmm. okay <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but then all of my retail jobs ended up being in like cosmetics so i still learned anyways right um i'm not a makeup artist by any stretch of the imagination i use the ha- i use the hashtag because like that oh yeah mua see. hashtag mua that's so cliche exactly. come on absolutely <laughs> uh you're, makeup, you're makeup. a makeup creature you're a makeup creature well uma is a woman um, woman but like I love, I love playing in makeup, and I, I and as much as it like stresses me out sometimes, I mm. do love it. And that was again when I started. I actually had a really clear idea of what Uma looked like in my head, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't have the skill to manifest it, which is why, oh, yes. like for a long time, my makeup wasn't quite where I wanted it to be. And even now, like I changed by the way that I do my makeup like three weeks ago. No one's going to notice, but I know that oh. I'm improving still. Oh, so some changes have come to the uh, the, the the Uma's face. What, what yeah, specifically? Like, I changed a little bit the way that I do my nose contour because okay. in my head, Uma, you know, her, her face is made up. I know most drag queens, they want to have like a snatched, angular, uh-huh. you know, almond-shaped eyes and the whole thing. All of Uma's face is supposed to be round. Yeah, very round. Yeah. And, like, I have a relatively long face, and, you know, it's not particularly round. I know it looks round because I'm bald-headed now, but... 
Um, but so I, I worked my makeup to try to make it even rounder. And so like at one point my cheek contour changed a little bit to make it a little bit less clowny and more realistic, but still enhance the roundness. My uh-huh. nose, I do the same thing. I try to make my eyes look as far apart as possible. Like all these little things, but it's kind of, it's kind of like uh, when I started, the only other drag that was doing, like, I'm going to say like alternative, I'm using air quotes. Uh-huh. And by that, I just mean not doing the drag queen face yeah the drag queen yeah yeah Trixie was the only one yes so there was no there was no like youtube tutorials on how to make your face look rounder there was no no tutorials on how to make your nose look like a button nose yeah so i had to figure all of that stuff out on my own and so even now i'm still like fine tuning little things and i'll make a mistake and then because i made that mistake it helps me figure something else out and I can correct the whole thing and it gets better and better every time. So like, yeah, my, my, my makeup is like a signature of mine. And I actually try not to show too much of my process mm-hmm. for my signature face because I'm like, listen, until I get on a televised TV show and it becomes known as like Uma's face, mm-hmm. I don't want someone seeing how I do it, knocking me off and then getting on the show before me. Like, I don't need that. <laughs> that's fair i mean yeah but i just love it because the big makeup is it, it yeah i was thinking trixie or you know the kimchi's and people with bigger makeup like that a lot of hyper queens do really big makeup too yes or, uh, i don't know what women who do drag women, who, women drag. who do drag queens yes the the current terminology it's very hard to keep up sometimes <laughs> but like We're i like it to- yeah yeah but like you know like i definitely like to call it hyper queen uh, especially when it's like a, an assigned female at birth who has huge makeup because it's just like ooh, ooh. <laughs> and that, that's almost like what people like yourself and trixie do too it's like hyper drag like it's so out there and um, I, I, i'm a cartoon woman yeah uh, i i totally agree with you there really wasn't a lot of people that were doing crazy like like maybe like bianca del rio like she goes rounder as well yeah, basically everyone everyone who who like tries to compare my makeup to somebody says either Bianca or Trixie. Yeah. And you know what I think is so cool about rounding the eyebrows? Because everyone is always trying to look like a bitch with these snatched angular eyebrows. And I like myself, I don't really like that either. I like rounder eyebrows because I'm a comedian. I want to make you laugh. I don't want to make you think I'm mad at you all the time. <laughs> well, actually... If eyebrows are like the gauge of what we're doing, when I started my drag, like there's there's aspects <laughs> of my drag that come from all of the different women that were in my life when I was growing Ooh, up. So like mm-hmm. my my mother, my grandmother, my godmother, my mom's friends, like all of these women that were were there. Like I wear the same perfume as one of my mom's friends when I was growing up because I love <gasps> the way she smelled. Uh, my tagline being the unofficial auntie is because my godmother, I called her Auntie Anne, mm-hmm. so, but she's not my aunt. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the things was that I have, I started drag and I had like tiny little eyebrows, but not like, not like pencil thin eyebrows. Uh-huh. I would paint on individual, like five individual little hairs oh. because my grandmothers, neither of them have eyebrows anymore because they've overplucked. <laughs> I and think then I now, because of I think now I the way that I do my makeup. Yeah, pictures of that version of Uma. Very, very bald. Very bald Uma. <laughs> yeah, and then now I just don't even have eyebrows. My drag family doesn't, yeah. like, my, uh, my drag sisters and I, none of us have eyebrows anymore. We just don't bother. That's right. <laughs> oh, Vicky's kind of like that, too. Vicky hates eyebrows. 
Oh, anyway. Um, okay. So finally, like, what, what, uh, what's your, where do you see yourself going? What would you have goals? Do you have aspirations? I do. Absolutely. Okay. So basically every year I, I think to myself, like, okay, this was the year, mm-hmm. like this was the peak. Uh, it can't get any better than this. So like, just, you know, dig your claws in and, and stay up here for as long as you can. There's no way you can outdo this. And then every year so far, I have found a way to outdo something, mm. you know? And uh, so we had, we've had some fantastic fringe shows. So uh, like I said, I started drag in a, a fringe festival show. Yeah. And every year we've done shows like that. I've toured my one woman show. I, I went to Toronto with it. It's been reprised multiple times here in Montreal. I did a one month residency in Puerto Vallarta with it. Sick. And then, yes. yeah. And then we actually, we were accepted into um, the, the Festival Transamérique, which the uh-huh. FTA. And is that in Montreal, Festival Transamérique? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we were like House of God, my, my production company and drag family, uh, Selma, my drag sister and I put on a play in the Festival Transamérique, but mm-hmm. during the pandemic. So it was like digital and we had like a tiny uh, audience of 10 people in person. It was like people from the <laughs> festival. Mm-hmm. But then because we did this festival, someone from the Edinburgh Fringe uh. saw the show Mm. And they purchased the recording to put in their digital catalog for this year's Edinburgh Fringe. And so we're in talks to possibly be a part of the Edinburgh Fringe in this upcoming year. So that's the dream. That's what we're putting out there. Yeah. So you want to go to Edinburgh. Oh, amazing. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. So, I mean, you just, you're a showgirl. You're such a showgirl. I love that. There's so many. And I, I mean, Vicky, I think, talked about this a little bit on the last time you were on, but like, I think that's just so interesting because in Toronto, I I can literally probably count on my fingers the number of queens that give a shit about doing shows like theater. Um, whereas like, I feel Montreal, it's like, that's what we do here, okay? Um. Oh, not at all. <laughs> not at all. No, no, no. No, but for you're real, not even. Like, not even? No, like, because there, there's, there's my drag family. Yeah, that and you guys of- are very that, right? Okay. Hmm. Yeah, because we started in that one, that Laureen Queen of the Tundra, that's, that, that really like thrust our, the, my drag family's careers onto the, onto the forefront of the, the, the Montreal scene. But yeah. in reality, we're the only ones that are putting on plays. Vita <sighs> did a Christmas yes. play one year with mixed reviews. It was a lot of fun, but the concept was really difficult to uh, execute because she had many, many, many drags in this show, which we all can attest is a nightmare to do, like to try to organize. <laughs> so she did okay. a lot of really good work. I will say that. Uh, the show was a lot of fun, but that was like the closest thing we've had. Jim, uh, you know, Jimmy Moore did some stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, it's the reason people think that we're, we're theater drags in the sense of like putting on plays is, is it because you? we are theatrical yeah. drags. Yeah. So we have cabarets in Montreal where yeah. people come to sit down and watch the show. So we're yeah. not just doing marathon hair flipping. It's yes. Very bad in Toronto right now. Yeah. So, um, and, and we, we totally see that and we're like, oh my God, you are athletes. You are athletes. I could never do it. I couldn't I'm do not, it. I'm not. I bu- I'm not. I'm in the process. I'm working on, I build stages that are cabaret style these days. Like, I'm just like, nope, that's not what I do. Uh, 
<laughs> I do stand up. I do like that kind of stuff. And I, I, at this point, I'm just like, I will refuse. I'm just like, nope, not doing that marathon shit. Nope, no, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, so like in in Montreal, we're the we're the actual like the theater drags, and then yeah. there's a lot of theatrical drags. Yes. Oh my god. Okay, so this makes a lot of sense. I. And I love that. You know what I think is so interesting is that so many drag queens, they, they do the bar thing, which I think is the most attractive thing because you can just get that instant gratification. But the queens that everyone knows their name, they have a show. Yeah. The Bunnies, the Trixies, the Bendela Krems, the Who, uh, Sherry, like anybody, they have a show. So like, I think you're doing it right, in my opinion. And that's my hot take. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, shall we get into this episode of RuPaul's Drag Race finale? Are you ready? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll touch on it, and then we'll take a little quick breaky break. But um, so here we go. RuPaul's Drag Race UK finale, episode 10. We've got our top three. It's Ella of a day. Katie's got claws and Crystal Versace. Was this the top three that you saw? Yeah? No? Um. Okay, so... The the UK drag race this season actually did a pretty good job of not like um as the the fandom says telegraphing the winner from the very first episode. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, like they tried, the, they really tried. <laughs> well, telegraphing at least not the top three because if you look at the top yeah. three, they really had they really loved Crystal, but Ella and Kitty actually didn't become important to the plot in any way until That's like right. episode four or five i think yeah pretty much halfway yeah absolutely so it was not necessarily the ones that i envisioned right off the bat i was actually shocked because i had heard of kitty before i didn't follow her or anything like that but i it was a name and a face that i recognized i knew there was a reputation um attached to kitty and so seeing her like being left out of the edit for so long i was like Mm. oh maybe she does absolutely fucking terribly Mm -hmm. and that's why they're not putting her in because they don't want people to think that she's a front runner right you know because then they'll get mad if she fails so um so yeah i was i was kind of surprised about that ella i was like okay there's something there crystal Mm -hmm. i knew she was gonna make it far i knew she was uh but no it was not my initial uh preview like it wasn't what i thought i thought just from the previews you know no i don't think so at all um i mean and we lost vanity vanity milan are you were you sad that vanity didn't make it to top three or did you think it just wasn't her time listen i'm gonna be really really honest i think that uh vanity made it a lot farther than she should have you know she is a you might she's you an might excellent lip syncer she is an yeah. excellent performer so if i saw her in a bar I would be like, work, bitch. Oh, I'd be so yes. into it. Well, I mean, if but, you saw any of them in a bar, I mean, they're all amazing. Like, you don't get on Drag Race if you're crap, you know, well, unless you're unless you're that one from the first UK, you know. I was going to say, Scaredy Cat? Scaredy. Uh, Scaredy, I don't know. But um, I'm sorry, Scaredy. <laughs> well, she she didn't even do that poorly on the show, if I can no. be really honest. Like, she she looked new, but she did pretty well. But Vanity, I just think, was underprepared for the show. And I, I think that, you know, I think that they kept her around on, on just, you know, virtue of her being such an excellent lip syncer. Yeah. She was an assassin for sure. She, she killed it. 
and I mean, like, I, I, I thought she gave good TV, uh, but I thought that I, I was shocked that she made it that far. Mm. Um, but then again, like I said, I don't have the same brain as Drag Race. And so, like, my opinion, like, it, whatever, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> oh, I know. It, it, I mean, if I could trade Vanity for mm, Theresa May, I probably would. So that would have been my choice as well. But again, like we're both kind of comedy. I know. Queens, so like we <laughs> we're probably being a little bit biased. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but yeah, oh, she's so funny. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm, eh, they, they, uh, honestly, the, the beginning of this episode was kind of boring. They brought in the whole retinue of the Queens, uh, and they were there for a second and then they left. Um, I thought it was so silly. Um, they might have been there for longer, though. We always have to remember our editing. They were probably there for at least an hour. I don't know. As soon as that big group of queens comes into the room, my eye, I mean, probably based on placement as well, just goes straight to Charity Case and the fact that she looks like a green swamp witch. A little yes. bit like a little bit like Uma God, in my opinion. Uh, this this. Uh, <laughs> this green swamp witch thing she says nothing say she's you. she seems completely over it she's just like i fucking hate my life get me out of here um <laughs> well i mean it's been pointed out numerous times <laughs> they they put her on the show because they were like yeah look you do such amazing alternative drag we love everything about how weird you are but also stop being so weird be weird but don't be weird but be weird but not like that you know you like I'm going to ask this of you because you are the Dragula expert. Do you think she was, uh, I'm going to say controversial, but brave. Uh, I think she's much better suited to Dragula, uh, TBH. It, it, it depends, right? Because on Dragula, you have exceptionally strong aesthetics, right? Because yes. people commit so hard to this this the the possibilities of drag mm -hmm. instead of instead of looking like uh, iconic in the same way that everyone else looks iconic you look iconic in a million different ways unless so, you're sigourney beaver and then you're just spooky drag race oh <laughs> i i disagree with you but you know what that's that's you're allowed to have your opinions um but i think charity <laughs> I know Charity, I'm, coming for, I'm coming for Sigourney for no reason. Everyone will hate me. And I don't hate Sigourney. I think she's amazing. But I do think she's so glamorous and she's doing so well. And I hate that. Come on. I want to watch Drag I want to watch Dragula for monsters. Anyway, but But that just is she is she is her own type of monster. And that's what I'm getting at fair. with that's um, fair. with Charity being on Dragula. Aesthetically, absolutely she would rock aesthetically on Dragula. Right. But I don't know her as a as a competitor. So I don't know if she would actually be good on Dragula because it's a very, very, very different environment. That's and fair. obviously if Charity auditioned for Drag Race part of her even if she was using it for a platform like even yeah. if she was just like i want to get famous that's totally legit she's not the only one that's ever done it so like mm -hmm. um if she wanted to be there it might be because like for instance i do a lot of dragula-esque looks i do concept numbers that would feature beautifully on that show mm -hmm. could i hack it on that show i don't know you know, I mean, am I built for those challenges? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you ever know if you get on a show like that, if you're going to make it through or not. You just kind of have to live it, right? 
I, yeah, I, but I, I would, I would never, make it significantly no. further on Drag Race. <laughs> you never know. You never know. I mean, Kelly Mantle went home first. Icon, legend, star, icon. Kelly, oh. Are you watching the Browns, uh, Tam, Tammy, uh, Tammy Brown's Browns? I, I am not watching it currently, no. I Kelly, keep seeing it pop up, and I'm like, I have to do this, but like, I have to be in the right headspace. <laughs> I mean, Tammy is so just, she has that I'm over it personality. She just walks around. Kelly Mantle is so funny. So funny. Uh, it's just crazy. Um oh. <laughs> You know. I will give it a shot on your recommendation. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, it's so bizarre. It's unhinged. Um, okay, <laughs> but you take... were talking. We were talking about. We were talking about charity and yeah. her green witch face and and yes. uh, all that. Yes. Well, I mean, what about it? It's we've we've said everything that is there to say. I love the audacity that she, despite being told, you know, be more glamorous, be more beautiful, quote unquote, in a drag race way. Which I mean, they're always trying to make you look more glamazon in that show, aren't they? um they always are like they want it's like here's here's the here's the reference photo rupaul's face if you look like rupaul's face you win that's that's how you do it um (laughs) can i can i try looking like rupaul's face on that medallion that she's been giving people can i look like that yeah and every once in a while you can wear a face kini not have any makeup at all and sometimes do that really weird sock muppet look that she did that one time with the visor that might have not been her Which, like, that was, that was, ugh. Listen, I'm not into QAnon, but, like, if there was a Drag Race QAnon associated to that episode, I would be, I would be reading that. I think it actually was a member of QAnon. That's where QAnon started. RuPaul's, RuPaul's oh. the head of QAnon uh, secret. It's a secret. Shh, don't tell anyone. Yeah, she was there. She was there the day they stormed the Capitol. Don't say anything. Not the QAnon. <laughs> <laughs> are we canceled yet are we canceled no i love the audacity of charity just still coming out with her stupid little drawn on pointed teeth and stuff like that still like no nope, i'm still what i want to be and i'm like you know what she is what she wants to be um <sighs> drag race drag race drag race all right let's take a quick break and then get into the the meat of these interviews and stuff like that deal perfect deal Okay, we'll see you in a bit, squirrels. Mama, don't make me put on the dress again. I just can't stand the way it opens when I spin. Don't you love that song? It speaks volumes to me about drag, honestly. Just like, I don't want to put that dress on anymore. No, thank you, Trixie. (laughs) Thank you so much. This is why I am a fan of (laughs) Pants on the Runway. Pants on the Runway. (laughs) I love it. So is RuPaul. As soon as he sits down behind that desk, it's sweatpants. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Not even in glitter. It's just like stains. Random stains. You don't know what they are. Might be Coca-Cola. Might be something else. Oh my God! This is another thing. Maybe (laughs) another theory. RuPaul caused the pandemic. Everyone Mm -hmm. was doing drag from the waist down. I was not. I I was wearing gowns. I was wearing gowns with my pajama pants. Maybe RuPaul made this happen. I mean, we're we're doing it again. Not the QAnon. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, they definitely like sweatpants. I guess that's the point. Um, Stop with the sweatpants. Uh, 
I mean, come on. But when they are behind that counter, I mean, Michelle is right next to him. I mean, she could just, you know, reach over, you know, just reach over there. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. (laughs) Okay. So let's get into these interviews. Um, You know, Drag Race has kind of got to this point where it's like very like, paint by number i find it's like okay we're at the finale so what do we do oh we do the interview now then we do the choreo then we anyway so now here's the interview and they literally did it they didn't even break it up they just like did the interview one after another and i thought that was so lazy the editing was so lazy (laughs) do they do they not usually do that no they usually like break it up and they like kind of mix it up like one person does the dancing one person does the interview and then you know and oh yeah you're right (laughs) i just thought it was i mean we have heard that this season might have been a little bit rushed um (laughs) i I agree yeah exactly i agree um so uh kitty I have to say, these interviews were very boring. These three people have no trauma in their life whatsoever. Um, yeah, but and- I don't want it. I don't want the trauma. <laughs> Isn't it refreshing in a way? Like I was like, oh, where, when are we going to get to the part where your grandma died or, you know, you were left at a literal bus stop by your mother or, you know, like these horrible things, but none of them. They, were, they all had honestly very nice lives, very well-adjusted people. <laughs> yes and i mean i'm sorry but after you've been doing okay so like i know that this sounds so like self-important in a way um but when you've been doing drag race for what now 11 12 <sighs> years like how long has it been on yeah yeah i mean season well, 14 is coming out so it's been about 15 years because all stars was in there yeah exactly so if, if you've been going on that long and the speed at which like the the queer community has been pushing for rights recognition for taking up space doing all of these things there's there's less and less and this is a this is something i'm celebrating right Mm -hmm. there is less and less chance of every single one of us having some horrifyingly queer traumatic experience that you can like exploit for a tv show because more and more of us look crystal even said it the show came on when i was like 10 years old yeah and and she's been gearing up to this her entire life and so that means her family has been watching her and has been support she said it her family has been supporting her Mm -hmm. so there's going to be less and as more of this becomes more and more normalized mainstream there's going to be less and less trauma and so we can't make that the linchpin of the series we can't make everything about how fucked up our lives are we Mm want to represent we want to healthily represent the moments where we want to show that our community still suffers and and there's still people who need help and people who are surviving and strong and all that stuff yeah it can't be everything because it's not realistic anymore yeah and i want people to recognize that because we are not all suffering we are not all victims some of us are champions victims. some of us are are are, are mm. some of us are very privileged i will even say absolutely and it's becoming more and more normal for us to just be normal yes you know? the normal segment of the quote-unquote queer umbrella it's such an interesting kind of question and like it, it creates such divides within society doesn't it like the people who are going about so-called normal lives and it's like you can't be normal you're queer you can't be normal and then like there's like this kind of like infighting that happens so much infighting in the the queer community 
Um, well, I mean, like I'm I'm very deep. Like I'm not. I shouldn't say very deep. I am in the the queer mm-hmm. element, right? Absolutely. And so, but I am also a very privileged person who has had one of those very nice lives. Yes, yes. Um, and I think that, like I said, it's like you don't want to see a million movies about gay people getting AIDS and dying. No, right? I really don't. Like, what is this? Like the Eastern European films that are always just so angsty and they're like always just looking at each other and everyone hates them. And they're like, I don't know if I love myself. And I hate that narrative. Like, you know, when you'd be like when when I was like younger and I was just like looking for any gay content at all. And then like yes. I'd go on TV late at night and there'd always be that be that like eastern european film about these angsty gays like that live on a farm and i'm like oh that's what life is like yeah do you remember do you remember the german one do you remember the german one about the the lesbians in prison i mean sure i know exactly what you're talking about though you're talking about the segment that would come on after queerest folk on showcase at 11 o'clock always hosted by valerie bahajar this evening (laughs) we'll be watching a film and like it was always queer movies i remember exactly the movies that you're talking about and that's just it is that like those stories are important we need to talk about those stories but we can't expect every person that becomes like part of queer media to yeah. be one of those stories well because then like the general public all they think gay or like queer life is is just like endless tragedy and i'm like it's not like it's kind of similar with any minority group like um you know like how black people love to express uh, stories of black joy and i'm like yes, yes let's talk about joyful moments and celebration let's not always talk about the fact that we're persecuted therefore oh i guess the only example the media is giving is showing how to persecute gay people <laughs> like um and, exactly. I, I, and I think on drag race we are it's a competition and yes they want drama and yes they want us to have our heartstrings pulled at certain points but like i said I, in reference to this particular you know interview session where everyone mm-hmm. just kind of was like no things are great you know i think that that's equally as important in a show where it's a show as much as we know that it's not for queer people anymore mm-hmm. it is about queer people and yeah. it is supposed to be in some aspect about queer joy because it's about yes. us you know succeeding and winning challenges and performing our art and and like getting a platform and and sharing a message so like there's so much opportunity for queer joy that i don't I don't think it's necessary to always have a sad story. So if we yeah. end up with a top three where all three of them were like, I lost my leg and then also my sister died and, uh-huh. and she was on top of me when I lost my leg and then she died. Like if and all then three they of them all died story, and the world was on fire and then the world blew up and then it came back. But, you know, it was a sad place. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. But if all three of the top three have that story, then like, cool. It it happens, and that's but not, it's not that's not necessary. even that's not even plausible because the world can't blow up for three people, like only one. Like doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> so, Kitty, <Yeah. laughs> I totally agree. And the one thing I will definitely say is that you know we're talking about queer joy on Dry Grace. I think there's gay joy, and thank God because Victoria's on one. There's maybe like lesbian joy finally, except she broke her knee, so that was actually kind of sad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I would like to see more queer joy. I would like to see more trans people. I'd like to see more yes. representation so that it's not just the white basic gays like us who are <laughs> talking about shit and being happy, but it's everybody because that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Um, 
so like uh, Kitty, uh, I don't know. We just find out she's in musical theater school. She's got a great family. She's the oldest of six kids. Uh, but my one thing that she brought up, which I think is a very relevant question, was the question of um, why are drag shows so late? Her uh, her her auntie could never come to her drag show. Or her mom, I think, could never come to her drag show because she was just like, oh, they're just so late. I don't know if I can come to your drag show. Um, why is that? Do you think? <laughs> okay, well, I mean, okay, so there's there's a few answers to this because, like, we get asked that all the time, especially like as producers. I'm sure you get the I, same question. Like, I love this question because I will be like, "You're right. Let's do an early drag show," and then no one comes, and it's like that part. That part, okay? So, like, yes, there's the angle where it's like, yeah, okay, well, I put on a show. My my show that I do, I have a monthly show called Church. Mm-hmm. And it's from 7 to 9. Oh, my goodness. Yes, that spot. Yeah. And I, I love it because there's a lot of people that do like to come to my shows because my shows are pretty wholesome. So, like, older people that don't want to stay up till 2 in the morning to watch people tap their pum-pum on the stage, like, they come to see my show. <laughs> yeah. But I also know that there is a large segment of the queer community that's like, oh, well, I can't make it because, you know, like I work until that time because the young queers who are poor are all working shift jobs that end at nine o'clock. So they can't Mm. come to an early show, but then they complain about how tired they are because they just worked a shift job. So they want quote unquote an earlier show, but they can't attend an earlier show. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is, most drags like i'm a full-time drag so you tell me when to get in drag and i will get in drag and i will be there on time and everything's Uh gonna be good Uh but most drags are also working in hair salons in retail at cafes they're doing theater gigs they also have to finish work at seven o'clock and then it takes us an hour and a half to get into face and then it's a 20 minute drive to the venue then we have to set up our stock we can't start a show at seven most of the time okay okay yeah there's there's logistical reasons now does it mean that we should never have earlier shows no but does it mean that every show can be earlier well in the way that things work right now i don't know if i can come uma i have to put my kids to bed and by my kids i mean myself because i am a selfish (laughs) bitch um okay moving on so (laughs) ella (laughs) ella um, the only interesting thing I got out of her, despite the fact that she is an extremely privileged, young, attractive, incredibly successful musical theater actor, um, <laughs> uh, and a generally nice, gentlemanly type person, I find, um, who does suffer from, um, I have a boyfriend that looks exactly like me disease that a lot of gays suffer from, uh, <laughs> Boyfriend twins are a thing, but I also think they make some psychological sense. Fair. Because when you're gay, you look at someone and you're like, okay, wait, do I idolize them and want to be them? Or am I attracted to them? To myself, to to myself, because I'm narcissistic. Yes, yes, that's the answer. Well, I mean, like, (laughs) we're taught to love yourself and then we have the opportunity to date ourselves. I'm not saying that it's a good idea, but I'm just saying loving yourself is loving yourself and others is from Jesus, and Jesus is from the church, and you can fuck the church. Fuck that church right off. Uh, Oh, wait, you're from Montreal. You like the church. No, no. (laughs) My show is called Church Woman. So, oh, right, right. right. (laughs) But you're you're the satanic priest at that church. That's different. I get it. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) um, Okay, but. 
the one interesting thing I thought was that they, they essentially were like, so Ella, here's the question we have for you. Are you just a failed actor who turned to drag? And I lost my shit. Oh my God. Because no one has ever said that about any other contestant, but they framed it as like, everyone is always asking the drags. I was like, who asks anyone that? That was ballsy. That was ballsy. The only two people you could ask that of are Trixie and Willem. Yeah, I mean... Nobody else has ever been asked that question, but they said it to Ella like, oh, we get asked this all the time. No, you wanted to ask her that. I mean, I think you could say that of RuPaul. RuPaul wanted to be a pop star, and she was a failed pop star who turned to drag. So, hello. Like, I I don't think that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on. Uh... Uh, do you think do you think that people actually I don't think that's true I think you just evolve and grow as a person and sometimes yeah it happens (laughs) no I think I think more than anything they just assume that all drags are not necessarily failed actors but Mm -hmm. all drags are musical theater gays so is is not the same is drag is drag going to be the new teaching it's like you know I needed something to fall back on uh you know so I I became I made sure I did con ed so I could become a teacher um, now it's going to oh, be like, absolutely. <laughs> that's like, you know, I need to fall back on drag. So I learned how to do, you know, death drops. I could literally fall back and go shablam. Boom. Um. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I know, I actually know drags that were like, oh yeah, I started doing drag so I could get on the show. <laughs> oh like God. this is people's backup plans. I, I think Hate I know, I, I think <laughs> I know a few as well. And it's disappointing me. My, like I started drag never with an intent to get on these shows at all. Like I still, that's still not my thing. I just like drag. And I hate that mentality of like, I started drag to get on RuPaul's Drag Race. What are you talking about? (laughs) It's just a very thinly, uh, thinly veiled way of telling people. I just want to get famous. Yeah. But will you become famous if you just like buy a lot of crappy looks and don't even know what you're really doing and just go shiplam, shiplam? And you know, I mean, Laganja is already iconic. Like, you don't need to go, oh, like she she did that, you know? Like, (laughs) Um, I'm sorry, I've depressed you. (laughs) It's depressing this subject. Moving on to a far less depressing person, Crystal Versace. No, she's depressing too. She's so young and talented. Um, what a bitch. <laughs> what a bitch. How uh, dare she? Uh, uh, I mean, her story was just like, I've been doing drag since I have a child. I'm Greek. Um, I was mesmerized by click clacking heels. And I'm a virgin. Um, okay. I mean, she's like 12. Like, I expected all these things. I, I just didn't find her that interesting. They they were really pumping her up there. Just, just like, oh my God, you're so young. Yes, we love the fact that you're so young and talented. Young talent, talent young. You're young but talented. Did you know that you're but, young? But is, but is she young? I but, think. But is she is, I, is she young? But is it fashion? <laughs> but is it fashion? Is it fashion? Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I mean. <laughs> The, I, the only other time I can remember them being quite so like, oh my God, was with uh, Naomi Smalls, <laughs> whose who's like entire storyline, mm-hmm. the first time she was on the show was basically like, she's young and she has legs. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Ugh. 
Uh, I mean, she did very well. Obviously, she made it to the finale. But for for a while there, it was basically just like, look. Like, that's it. Just look. (laughs) Uh, My one issue with like this kind of um, ageism kind of thing is that it's essentially saying like you're better because you have more skills faster than everybody else in a specific subset. But like at the same time, Crystal lacks basic skills. Like I don't think she, I would not want to go to her house for dinner. I'm sorry. I feel like it would be awful. <laughs> now you're just judging her because she can't cook because she's not, she hasn't lived on her own yet. Well, now who's being ageist? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's funny because I mean, you know, yes, age is. Ugh. It just, but I, I is, don't is, consider you know age a skill. They, you know what though? They, they did it with Crystal, but like I said, I don't remember them doing it that frequently with other people. Yeah. Um, they've done it before. Like they've pointed Lawrence it out. But Cheney. They also... Lawrence Cheney was very young also. Oh, that's true. That? Mm-hmm. And but she, then they also yeah. have people like Bob and, uh, you know, where they, they really point out the fact that this is somebody oh, yeah. who's like, who's been doing this, somebody who is great at their job because they've worked mm. at it for so long. That's you know? fair. Not to say that that Bob is a million years old or anything, no. but just to say that like they also are very appreciative when they recognize that there is someone who has a polished, and I don't mean polished in the sense of like, she's a glamorous pageant queen, but like a polished, well-practiced, well-rehearsed drag. They see experience as an asset just as much as they uh, they see like... Um, uh, like idiot savants as an asset idiot savants that's a good way to put it crystal versace is totally an idiot um so <laughs> savant the idiot savant, expressed... idiot savant. <laughs> the idiot the, the idiot and this show no uh, sorry the, the opinions expressed in this show are, are reflective of the, the speakers themselves and not yeah. the cast as a whole thank yeah, you yeah uma uma's <laughs> off the hook um <laughs> Okay, moving on to the choreography section here. Uh, I, d- I can't remember the choreographer's name, but all I have to say is he was attractive. And um, and that's all they wanted us to remember. And that's all I got. It was just a lot of like, oh, he's hot. Okay. Um, also, I hate these segments because the choreo is always so boring. Um, which was... I mean, <laughs> actually, you know what, though? Um, I will stand up for Jamal on, on oh, the Oh, Jamal's US. fun. Mm-hmm. Like, Hollywood Jade has done some 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 good choreos for the Canadian one, but I just want to say that Jamal is my favorite of all of the choreographers because he is the only one, the only one, that comes in and is almost exclusively positive and supportive That's of true. the drags. He looks at them and he's like, you're having a hard time, but you are a fabulous creature who should not be having a hard time. So let's figure this out. And he like works with them. He will push them and be like, this is important. You better step this up. But he doesn't sit there and he's not like, this was terrible. Girl, what are you thinking? He's so supportive. And then the choreography Mm. is always really fun. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just saying that, like, he is my favorite of all of the choreographers that Drag Race has. Or like they do on Canada's Drag Race. They're like, wow, that was great. But in Canadian, that's actually, you suck. Because that is passive aggressive for you suck in Canadian. Um, so <laughs> my favorite moment, though, was uh, Ella's talking head, <laughs> where it's talk- commenting on Crystal Versace having trouble with the choreography. Because, oh, like, Kitty and Ella are picking it up, like, 
like ducks to water. Like they're incredible. Like they're just like clack, 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 clack. And Crystal's is like, ah, what am I doing with my flail, body? Flail, 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 flail. She was always at least two <laughs> counts behind. Yeah. But I mean, like, she's not the dancer that they are. They're actually very good. And um, <laughs> I love Kitty's talking head where she's just like, oh, come on. The next day she's going to come in and she's going to absolutely smash it. Boring. Um, <laughs> and I thought that was so meta, so self-reflective. So Kitty almost understanding and talking to the audience in this way. That's just kind of like, I don't have a... Uh, a snowball's chance in hell of winning this thing. I am just happy to be here. We all know that Crystal's going to win. This is just how it's going to go. <laughs> well, I, I, she probably did have an inkling if she didn't already know. Like uh-huh. I don't, because I don't, I don't know at what point do they film all of the Talking Heads, right? It, like, do they film it? That might have been. That might have even been after the finale. It's possible that one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it, it, it but even if it's not. Mm-hmm. she probably had she probably had an inkling of like okay this person that at the beginning we were like okay twink winner you know, winner chicken dinner who's well who's no the, i get the feeling and she's that a I'll, chicken she's like a gay chicken really so she is a chicken dinner yeah but she huh. can't make dinner but, i would never want to go to her house for dinner no <laughs> as you stated <laughs> um no i feel like the cast probably looked at her and they were like good for you you're pretty yeah and then they probably thought that but then you know so now kitty at the end is probably looking like okay well yeah you're pretty but you've also made it to the end fuck they really like you yeah so like she was probably self like you said self-aware enough to realize that i don't think it's boring that crystal was able like to have that 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 uh, turnaround like that because there's lots of performers that are like that yeah you know yeah and uh, I mean, later on, right at the mirror, they're doing mirror talk, the the typical mirror talk. And yes. Kitty again goes on and, and, and is, I don't know, they're all talking about how she's doing all these voices and stuff. And she essentially says, you know, I feel like everyone in this competition has found themselves except me. I've completely lost myself. Um, <laughs> the way that you're delivering that, though, makes it sound so sad when she was really making a joke. No, but I think she was making a joke and she was like, oh, I've, I've been having so much fun. You know, all of you have found yourselves, but I've completely lost myself. But I could hear the pain because she, <laughs> she was so she I mean, she really has. She's just like, what am I even doing anymore? I think I think it could go both ways, but I don't think it was purely sad because don't forget (sighs) that she was basically uh, her whole thing was was well, she's uh, an impersonator in a sense because she does um, the girl from Towie and then she also is like a girl group girl. So she's always impersonating and recreating looks and choreographies and interviews and stuff like that. So like her whole thing is 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 being not other being people. herself she's very so i think yeah. it was a joke even if it was a pointed joke <laughs> it's so interesting because yeah i mean that that competition it was just a very meta moment it was very self-reflective and very i i just think she it's so ironic that she says she doesn't know who she is because i think she knows who she is the best out of anybody um she's so yes. kitty she has such a strong personality um, I think that I was really the the thing that I loved most about Kitty throughout the entire season was that she got the most out of this season. Yeah, because she got to meet all of her heroes. Remember, yeah. it was like she got to meet one of the Spice Girls. Then she met the girl from Steps. Then yeah. she got to uh, uh, um, was the girl from uh, from Towie there? I can't remember now. 
I think one of them was. Yes. Yeah. I seem to think, yeah, I seem to remember one of them being there, but um, like she got to meet all of these amazing people that are basically her heroes. Mm -hmm. And then she got to perform well. She got to show everybody her strongest. Like she really got the most out of the season. No, No matter whether she won or not, you could see it. Every single episode was her going, Oh my God, I can't believe this is happening (laughs) over and over and over again. Like work girl, get your fantasies. Like love it. Yeah. I, by the end, I was actually kind of rooting for her. Um, I was like, no, yeah, I think you're the winner. Um, but mm, whatever. Um, speaking of, they were talking about impressions of each other. Do you do any impressions of people that, you know, in your house, do you do impressions of uh, people from house of God? Um, I do not. Uh, I'm not a great, you can't do a Selma. You can't do a Selma. No. And I would never try because (laughs) she knows where I live. You do, you do live in the same. Do you live in the same place, or do you have separate places? You can't get along anymore after quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, no. We so so uh, for those of you that don't know, we're going to break down that fourth wall. Uh-huh. Uh, Selma Selma God is my drag sister, but she's also my husband. Yes, yes, is very true. <laughs> We've been together for over eighteen years now. Wow. So uh, I don't do I don't do an impersonation of of Selma. <laughs> Um, you're just afraid that she's going to find out. <laughs> yeah, she's going to find out. And then she knows, not only does she know where I live, she knows where I sleep. And she also is the <laughs> one that drives me everywhere and feeds me. So like, I'm not going to go there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, ru- I'm ruthless. I make fun of, uh, Selena and Vicky and all everybody. It's hilarious. But, I mean, I find it hilarious. They do not find it hilarious. <laughs> That's because no one likes you. This is a recurring topic on this. I'm just letting you know, Hillary, there might am, be an issue. <laughs> I am daring. I am more daring than most queens in Canada, but I am the sweetest little peach you'll ever meet. Um, I believe it. <laughs> so uh, let's get into the uh, the the song, the singing. Um, wow. So Ella doing, they're doing Hey Sis, It's Christmas, and they're doing typical RuPaul's Drag Race lyric things, uh, segments. Ella, I mean, I'm so happy with the choice that she made because she's singing. She's such a good singer. Yeah. I I um, loved her verse because it was just, it was sing. I, I get so tired of like the, hey sis, it's Christmas. And I was like, I'm Ella and I'm going to come to slay and I'm going to make a reindeer eat some hay. Hey, hey. I'm, I'm just like, oh, rap is so, uh, I, but when you can sing, oh my God, it was beautiful. I mean, I, I I love when the the drags are able to sing, but yeah. I mean, like as someone who can't sing, <sighs> if I get on the show, I'm going to have to. You're going to be a raptress. Raptress. Yeah, I'm going to have a raptress. Oh God, <laughs> I, it's gonna it's gonna be ridiculous. But I do have to say, I am going to use. I, I said this at a, at a viewing the other day. First of all, I am so tired of hearing drags calling each other bitches. Oh, oh. you bitches. All those bitches, I'm going to show these bitches, the bitches, yeah. bitches, bitches. Like, uh-huh. I like bitch as an ex- like as an exclamation of, like, bitch! Like, I uh-huh. love that, but I... Yeah. yeah. The, the, take a shot every time the these drags call each other bitches without actually meaning it in, like, a my bitches or you're a bitch kind of way. Just yeah. as, like, instead of saying the people in the room, I hate it. But then also, so if I ever say that on the show... Uh, they've probably paid me or something. Like if, if like someone is so, someone is like they've got a chain around my ankle and they're like we won't let you leave until you say it. Um, and then for if I get on if I get on and I have to do a rap, 
and you hear me use the words slay or crown <laughs> again there i am in distress it's like that to- i'm sending out the tweet of like you know that tweet that you're supposed to send out so that people know you've been kidnapped and things aren't okay this is your like sls that- the word slay and the word crown okay in my- yeah Unless so, it's, so unless if Umagod's Uma lyrics is like, I'm Umagod, I'm slaying the competition, I'm going to put a crown on my head, I- I'm just going to see it in your eyes. It's going to be like, ah, help me. Yeah, exactly. Please, someone rescue like, me. <laughs> unless it is absolutely, unbelievably clever, it was because I was forced. <laughs> <laughs> well, now this. we know. Now my entire know. verse is going to be nothing but that because I'm not going to be able to come up with a single idea and I'm going to have to eat crow for a million <laughs> years because I think I'm smart. Okay, so Kitty, Kitty, I thought her lyrics were funny and silly and uh, I thought she kind of spoke sung it and I thought, I think she's actually a bit of, better, better singer than she let on. I thought she should have sang it more like Ella. Um, and then Crystal... She was fine. It was very Drag Race. It's very like, as you were saying, hey, I'm Crystal. I'm going to slay and put a crown on my head. Okay. <laughs> I, I will say, I didn't think that any of them were particularly bad. No. Uh, even, if there was, no. even if there was one or two, like, uh, cliche images or, or like... One or you know. two. I would say it was one, and it was Crystal Versace. She is stunningly basic. Um, she is the, the finger-painting... Paint by number, drag queen, just so good at it. But oh, <laughs> slay, slay, but slay! Even, put a crown on my head. <laughs> even even Ella had one or two. Like I think she had a crown line or whatever. So like Ugh. even if even if some of the imagery was a little bit basic, I think that overall the three verses were solid. Because usually there's always one that you're like, I'm gonna cut this one out when I do the mix. <laughs> At, at the club i'm gonna cut out this verse because it's a little too long yeah like none of them were that verse yeah and did you like the song i mean i love hey sis is christmas it's such a jam um i think it's so fun um, I, I thought it was pretty fun i think that rue has some excellent producers because even when it's like meh it's yeah. never like oh no did you hear the um last summer uh winter there was the hey sis it's fleece miss for old navy it was a commercial. Hey, sis, it's Fleece Miss. Get a fleece sweater for your Christmas list or something like that. <laughs> uh, no, I did not hear that one. And as much as I love Old Navy commercials, and I actually really do. Oh, yeah. Uh, Staple in my wardrobe. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we, have a, we have a drag here in Montreal who is a manager at Old Navy. Oh, uh, yes. This <laughs> so um but like i love i love it but no i did not see that one work okay so i i, I thought they, they were all stunning they, they all killed it and as ella said yep christopher sachi slayed the choreography on the day that she had to do it they were all just phenomenal the song is a bop all the lyrics are fine ella is an amazing singer wow oh, but did i did you- notice because no. i was disappointed in ella's performance I thought that she looked really like a little, a little meh. But then Mm. I found out she just tweeted about it. She actually injured herself the day before. And was it a knee injury? I don't know. I think it was an ankle. 
Um, uh, hang on a second. I'm going I'm to pull up Twitter really fast and see if I can find it. But she was talking about it on Twitter saying that she had injured herself. And so she was just kind of trying to make sure that she got through it all, which is uh, why the, the, the performance is a little bit like lackluster. But the other thing is that Davina DeCampo retweeted it saying that she too, in her season, she did a split and she tore her hamstring the oh. day before the finale. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of secret injuries going on in the set. My God. She injured her back. I had injured my back the night before the rehearsal. So was in so much pain this whole day doing a full out dance routine, runway, etc. I oh. actually cried the morning of the finale when I couldn't even put on my socks. Uh, not, oh. um, not that you'd ever have known that because I'm what? Professional. Professional. So, yeah, she was, in, <laughs> she was injured during the, the finale shoot. Oh my God. I mean, uh, oh, relatable content. Have you ever performed injured? Um, I performed with kid with, I had a kidney stone. Mm. Um, or I might actually, I think if I remember properly now, I passed it the morning of my show, oh, but I goodness. had a whole number. I, I, I like, because I like, because I, I was, I had a kidney stone. I could just sit in bed and that was it. Uh-huh. Uh, so I made a whole mix about having a kidney stone on the off chance that I still had a kidney stone. So that way I would have a reason to not perform well. <laughs> yes. So you, so, yeah. you passed the kidney stone and then you had to do a number about it, having a kidney stone and you're like, ah, uh. I was like, I'm lying to you all. Lying to no. you all, but yeah, well, good news, everybody. Um, yeah. You just pass it on stage. Ah, and 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 the crowd goes I don't know. Wild. I don't know if you know this, but uh, passing a kidney stone usually involves peeing. So no, I'm not going to do that on stage. Uh, well, <laughs> other drag performers have. Um... I know, but I am not one of them. My drag sister <laughs> Anaconda is is the sort to do that. Is Anaconda La Sabrosa is Ooh. is trash. <laughs> but I am not. Okay, so these uh, these finale looks. Um, the 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 theme is eleganza extravaganza finale look. Um, Ella, and of course, you know, on 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 uh, Squirrel Talk, we just toot and boot. We're, uh, not toot and boot. <laughs> we nut and cut. You just toot. You just toot. You just lots of farting. We nut. We nut and cut. We, we nut, which is like or cut if we don't like it. Okay. Um, Ella's look, uh, this purple gown that doesn't quite hit the floor, uh, kind of looks like a giant um, penis, in my opinion. Um, it's kind of baggy. Oh, I thought it looked like a toilet brush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a misformed loofah. Um, it's a little baggy. I wondered if she had maybe lost a little weight during the competition, uh, perhaps. Uh, but I think it's, I think it was fine, especially from like the 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 waist up. <laughs> Um, okay, so I actually, she was the only one that I did not like, yeah. and I, it hurt me because yeah. purple is my signature color, yeah. and, like, those jewels were stunning. I hated her wig. I hated, oh, you hated her it. wig. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I absolutely hated it. Um, I thought the dress was, like, a choice. On, mm. uh, like, at the, at the bar, totally fabulous, totally acceptable, wonderful, great. But as your finale runway. But then again, I just keep hearing in my voice Trixie when she was like, um, her all-stars win. Mm-hmm. Someone was like, why did you wear that? Especially for that lip sync or whatever. And she was like, I had no costumes left. I had nothing so, like, left. Sometimes yeah. it, when you get to the end, you, you realize that you used up your best outfit for a different runway. Because they don't tell you which ones they're going to use and which ones they don't. 
you know, they switch them up sometimes. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, like, I thought it was acceptable, but, and then I did, I can't lie, I also noticed that the shoes were silver and the necklace was gold and it bothered me. She's, she's, I, I really think that she has, a, has not been doing drag for that long. I, she's only been like three, four years or something like that. And I, yeah, there's some styling things that she still hasn't quite figured out, especially for herself. And let's, let's be honest. She's kind of part of the house of God in that she loves to dress like an old woman as well. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think she does it intentionally. And that might be an issue. It's you going forward that I hope, I hope that she figures out. Um, or like, unless she just joins your house and like becomes an old woman, like that'd be great. I'm the only, I'm the only old woman in the house of God. <laughs> Selma is a, is a monster and she's actually quite sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Anaconda is absolute trash. Uh, <laughs> so like not an old woman at all. It's just me. That's an old woman, but Ella, um, I think that she overall, yeah, she's still figuring out some styling stuff. I think that yeah. her makeup, we're going to see, you know, yeah. that, that glow up of like, I just finished Drag Race, and then all of a sudden, two weeks later, my face is completely different. Yep, I think because, that's happening. Because I had, like, I, I think, there, like, because there's, like, five friends that come up and go, listen, honey, we saw you on the TV, and now we're going to help you. Yeah. Because um, she's beautiful, but there's still something about her makeup that always just seems a little off to me. Yeah, but, like, she's got a very strong jaw. She's a really attractive man, so it's it's just tricky for her. But I think her hair choices are very, I think a lot of her fashion comes from, like, this old british glamour and um that's just the problem it's all it's all from her mom and aunties and stuff um (laughs) kitty this is this is a finale look this is a finale look this is the best look of the evening thank you very much uh absolutely doesn't even compare to the other two this is stunning beautiful hair beautiful gown um with all those like ruffle things like smart petals but your petals thank you petal like very smart because probably she didn't have to steam it. <laughs> Just took yeah, it out of yeah. her bag and it's good to go. <laughs> like, oh, she just looked so good and her makeup looked wonderful mm-hmm. and the hair was perfect. And like, honestly, that was Beautiful. like that. Yeah, it was it was the best look. Well, maybe not the best look of the season, but it was uh, it was in the the top looks of the season it truly was a finale look and it Definitely. wasn't, it wasn't over the top, right? Like it was no. big hair and it was a gown. It was Cinderella. It was a great finale look. Such yeah. a, such a, a nut. Oh yeah. Did you not, uh, or cut Ella's look? I think I probably oh, cut, cut it. Cut. cut. Yeah. And Kitty big nut. Um, so then Crystal Versace comes out in, I want to say a deformed version of Donatella Versace wearing football pads. Um, I hated this. I just hated it so much. And they loved it. I mean, it's very, it's very Versace. It's very Versace. Like, like in better. the sense of like, it, it, it's like a drag version of like what a fashion house would do for, for a runway. So like, I felt like it was very on brand. Um, I thought she looked yeah. beautiful, but it was mm. not spectacular. No, like, it, it wasn't inventive in any way um i did i really didn't like it like i i've been looking i've been hoping that she would do a gown um all season and she hasn't really um and now i know why she looks better in a bodysuit with those boobs like and those boobs are always the same like that that cut in the middle straight they look weird (laughs) there's something about this look i don't like 
I mean, um, I see what you're saying in terms of like her silhouette, but also she got warned about her silhouette. So she wasn't going to wear the exact same thing. Uh, mm. But like I said, like if you go and if you go and look for Versace, the first things that are going to come up, because I just Googled it myself. Is, is this like, dress? Sh- is this dress? No, yeah. but it's like, it's like, um, <laughs> it's their Medusa oh, like okay. emblem. And then everything else is black, white, and gold yeah. with a bunch of chain motifs. With chains. So yeah. like she's Crystal Versace. It makes perfect sense. And the thing is, is that like as someone who has branded in terms of my image, because like purple is my favorite color. I always have gray hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the same makeup all the time. Like I know that I run the risk of people being like, well, of course she wore a purple gown and for the finale, she's not reinventing anything. But it's because for me, I want to represent myself in that moment. Yeah. And so if she's walking out there looking like a Versace inspired moment, mm-hmm. I hate using that word, but I my brain blanked. Um, but like if, she, if that's what she wanted, then it made perfect sense. It was very on brand. It looked beautiful. My only thing mm-hmm. was, I think it was Alan was mm-hmm. like, oh, when Crystal came out here and she was just dripping in jewels. And I was like, what? Alan, did you look at her? She, she's not wearing any jewels. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, well, she's wearing chains and pearls. <laughs> did, was this was this taken from like perhaps another evening when she was dripping in jewels? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, was this just editing? I, I don't know. Um, I know it's not a big deal, but I, it, there was just like, I because I, when, when Alan said that, there was a moment in my head where I was like, Wait, did I not look at the dress properly? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. thought she looked lovely, but not necessarily uh, surprising. Yeah, when Alan said, oh, and she saved the best till last, I was like, I disagree heartily that this is her best look. I do yeah. not think this is her best look at all. I think this is probably one of her worst looks at the end of the day. But um, it is Versace. It is definitely Versace. I get the reference. Um, I'm still going to cut it. um i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a soft nut okay yes like i already i i I already nutted for for kitty so this is like that that second round where it's like not quite as impressive but you're still happy it happened yeah i can't remember who said this but somebody said uh i think it was in one of the questions when they got the little pictures up so then they do the picture moment where they talk to their five-year-old self or whatever oh yeah and somebody said um what is your impression of being here um and I literally just screamed at the, impre- uh, the screen. I was like, hey, how you doing? Because I was doing an impression of being on Drag Race. I was like, <laughs> it was so stupid. I just thought I had to say it. I was just like, what is my impression? I don't know. Let's do an impression of what Drag Race would sound like. Hey, governor. Um, <laughs> oh, well, one of my friends was like... Uh... <laughs> Wait a minute. I have to. I have to find this for you again. I'm googling as fast as I can. Um, yeah. <laughs> a friend of mine was uh, kind of viral for a minute on the first season of Drag Race UK because he wrote a tweet about. So, so I'm gonna Laurence, Laurence, if you're out there, I love you. Um, mm-hmm. He tweeted about the difference between Drag Race US and UK and their entry lines. Uh, so the entry lines in the U.S. are like, hello, I'm Coupe de Ville, Davin, Davinder Kennedy Port, uh, Chanel Iman Third, And I'm here to slay, slay, slay all day, hunty mama, tongue pop the house down, boots and queen. And then the U.K. one is like, hello, I'm rubbish tits and I'm a right slag. <laughs> And so rubbish tits became a meme and it's just, it's so, it's so true, right? Like the, the UK, if you were going to give like a first impression of the, I'm rubbish tits. 
I feel like Canada's is just like, hi, I'm from Canada. Everyone, <laughs> you know, I'm cool. Uh, hi. Uh, a little passive aggressive and no energy at all. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so my favorite part actually was that when I when they were doing the kid the kid photos um, and they got to uh, Crystal, I literally thought that they were just going to hold up a picture of her um, today. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she <laughs> is she is five years old. Like, <laughs> yeah, missed opportunity. That was a missed opportunity. That would have been brilliant. I was just like, uh, well, let me. How, what would you say to yourself literally yesterday? Um, <laughs> like, even if they couldn't get a good picture of her, like from from today, sort of thing, and print it out in time, like at the very least, just hold up a mirror and be like, "What would you say to your five year old self exactly. in the mirror?" Exactly. Because <laughs> I was listening to her, and I was like, "This is really close." Like, essentially, you're just talking to yourself. Um, you should, you should, yeah, okay, go ahead and talk to yourself. So uh, then we get to see all of the queens return and they all turn their look. Um, do, do you have any standouts? Uh, I thought Charity's green witch thing was really cool. Well, that Got was it. from earlier in the show. But then her f- finale look was like this weird barbarian mask <laughs> with like these cutout eyes. It was bizarre. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Veronica Green. She was essentially just naked. <laughs> Uh, okay, listen, I, ha- I had a friend of mine that was like, oh my God, how weird was this? And I was like, why do you think that it's weird? I mean, like the only difference, if if Aquaria had been wearing that, everyone would have been gagging. Oh my God, right. fashion. If Violet Chotsky had been wearing it, everyone would have been like, oh my God, I can't handle it. Right. Veronica Green wears it and everyone is like, what? Yeah. Like the only difference is that she's, slightly older and not like a model yeah but veronica green like we clearly seen it this season the first season it wasn't as clear but this season we clearly see that she's like she's a sexy girl like she's a sexual person right she likes to she likes to be topless she likes to wear a harness she likes to talk about sex so like her showing up basically naked yeah work bitch work she's she's definitely like the kinky the kinky type (laughs) <laughs> yeah absolutely so i i actually thought it was really lovely for the for the split second that we got to see it yeah and i mean i i don't know i've actually really appreciated a lot of her looks like I, a lot of people hate her little ugly green wigs i'm like i i i think they're so camp and fun and she she's one of those people that really straddles the line between <laughs> straddles um between <laughs> like super like weird kinky stuff and like campy 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 and i love it i love it i think i think she's somebody who hasn't quite figured out her like full drag identity and the other thing that i want to like underline i think she said it in the show was like i spent all of my money making my costumes for last season yeah and then i couldn't come back and then i couldn't work so like there's no money for me and and the thing is that people were like yeah, well, like you, you had all those costumes from last. None of them are applicable. No. You can't reuse costumes from season to season. It doesn't no, work. It doesn't. So, like, her looks were not the best, but I do, I do appreciate Veronica. I think she showed a different face this season, where she was a little yeah. bit meaner and a little bit sexier. And I was like, okay. And good she for also you. just, I mean, like, she still like rose to the occasion. Maybe she didn't make it all the way, but she made it through a couple episodes. Like. Her looks yeah. weren't the best, but she still rose to the occasion, and that's commendable AF. 
Anubis's finale look. I think Anubis, one of the most underrated queens, like how did that one go home first? Her looks were phenomenal. She came out as the god Anubis. It was nuts. Um, okay, I can't lie. Every single time I saw her on screen in the, the finale, I literally went, who the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. I, I feel really bad. But I mean, she was the first one to go and they didn't give her a lot of like FaceTime. No. Even though she went home first, like it, she didn't get a Vanjie. She didn't get a James Mansfield. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But I didn't love her drag. She's very new and it shows. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, like, I, but I could see that there's the, the ideas are there. So yeah. like, I actually, I actually feel really bad for her. Because basically, they took someone who was very new, Mm -hmm. who has great ideas, and put them on the show as cannon fodder. Mm. So, like, she's never going to have this opportunity. uh, She's never going to have this opportunity again, but she's clearly somebody who has a lot of great ideas. So, in four years, when we see her again, she's probably going to be a phenomenal drag queen who isn't going to be able to compete on the show because she did it in her first year of drag. And I hate that for her. And she was, she is very new to drag, too. Yeah. I mean, at least she has a story. At least she was on the show. Uh, oh yeah, like it, it, it's all—it's all positive when you look at it in a really broad sense. But I hate for her that this is the 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 part that got televised. <laughs> and then Veronica uh, Victoria, she was fine. Alec Victoria Gorgeous. was fine. Uh, ooh, Vanity really turned out a beautiful bodysuit. That was a stunning finale look. It was like this red uh, uh, nude illusion oh, with yes. a, a beautiful coat. Wow, she did save the best to last. And actually, when I saw that, I was like, I'm actually kind of sad to see that she was not on the finale. <laughs> like that was stunning. She really did have the uh the glow up. As much as you hate that, it's she really did like when they say things sometimes to some of the queens where they're like, Yeah, you you've improved so much. And I'm like, where like not necessarily in the fact that like they did poorly but just you can't really see any difference yeah but like vanity you really could see that she was getting she was either practicing or getting a lot of help for her makeup in particular because mm-hmm. by the end of it she it was a very nice standard drag face whereas when yeah. she started it was clearly like uh, i'm not sure what i'm doing all the time yeah like she was she was fine i'm not trying to say that she looked terrible but you could see the difference between the two absolutely so like, good for her she she had a great season and learned a lot i think um yeah so then we finally have this uh final lip sync to determine the winner um to you don't own me dusty springfield version what was that I don't know. It was okay. Um... <laughs> okay, because the thought, only thing here's the thing. I thought Kitty Scott Claus owned it. I think Crystal was okay, and I thought Ella was just horrible. <laughs> and we're going to keep in mind again that she was injured. She so. was injured. She was injured, and in a and it was the last thing stress. that they filmed. And yeah, and in that dress. But here's the thing. That's actually what I was going to say. The only reason I can think of using that song as a finale is because they were like, oh, they're all going to be in gowns. So like we can't do anything too high energy. Mm -hmm. But like, girl, we know that the last lip sync is basically just for show. Mm. It's just because in, in because if you think about it, like like logically, the people who make it to the top have probably been the ones generally 
who have done the least lip syncing. Mm -hmm. And when it comes down to it, drag at its roots is makeup and lip syncing. Like it's so much more than that, but at the very least you have to be able to do those two things. Mm, I disagree. I think it's makeup and wigs. I don't necessarily think it's lip syncing. I, I, I think that it's something that everyone should be able to do. Not that you have to do it, but it's the thing that everyone should be able to do. Is it like the lightsabers? Is it like lightsabers? All Jedis have to have lightsabers? (laughs) I think that, yeah, you should always have a lightsaber in your pocket. Like, that's what I'm saying, right? No, I like like comparing it to Jedis because, like, I, you know, when Star Wars first came out and you're like, Yoda shouldn't have a lightsaber. But then (laughs) they made those new ones and then he had a lightsaber. And I'm like, why? He, but see, that's why Yoda didn't <laughs> use his lightsaber until those movies. So he knew how to use it. He was just choosing not to. So to me, drag at its very foundation, like if you're only going to be able to do two things, I want you to be able to do your makeup and mm-hmm. I want you to be yeah. able to lip sync. At the very least, mm-hmm. you don't always have to do the both of them perfectly. You don't have to do them two of them all the time. But those are the two like most important ones for me. Interesting. So, Interesting. Yes. yes. Um, I don't even remember why I started talking about this now. You distracted me with lightsabers. Because of um, all the lip syncers that were singing to You Don't Own Me. Oh, yes. But so, we, like, this this song is, like, we know that this song is not the, the deal breaker. Because the people yeah. who have been at the top shouldn't have been in the bottom often enough for us to get to see their lip sync ability. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I understand them giving them a final lip sync, but it's obviously not the deal breaker. So why would you choose this one? Because even if you did a Katy Perry song and everyone was wearing, like Crystal, a hobble dress where you can't move your feet, Uh it doesn't matter because it's just supposed to be about the energy, the celebration of the end of the series. So like, why did they choose this? Mm. I don't know. I mean, it was a song and... um... Ah, ha, 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 ha. We had our winner. I, 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 I was, I called it from the start. I was like, Crystal Versace is going to win this. And, um, by the end of the episode, I did not think that Crystal necessarily deserved. I thought Kitty Scott Claus should have won one. I really thought Kitty would have been just like, just like such a presence was such a presence, but yeah. Um, okay. So I have thought, what are your thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, it, I saw someone tweet this. Um, Ella won the season. Well, uh, in terms Christy of badges, and, she won. She won the competition. Well, that's what I mean. So, like, Ella won the season. Mm. Crystal won the finale because she really did do well in the finale. And then Kitty won our hearts. Okay. Right? Okay. So I think that she she came out of it on top in a lot of senses, even if she didn't get the crown. Right. Um, I wasn't sure which way they were going to go with it in the end. So, like, I I wasn't sure that Crystal was going to win. Yeah. But I'm going to say this about Crystal's win. I think it might be one of the most intelligent choices in terms of winner mm-hmm. that RuPaul has made since Bianca Del Rio. Okay, why? Tell us, tell the world. So Bianca was clearly like I don't like her I don't like her humor. I I I hate insult comedy. Mm-hmm. I think that she's offensive and mm-hmm. not in a fun way. I think that she's a snob. I really don't like Bianca Del Rio. Mm-hmm. If I ever get on the show, she and I are probably going to fight at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like if she hears this podcast, I'm done for, but whatever. Fair enough, um, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she has a great heart somewhere, but I don't like her drag. Yeah. Um, but 
when you get on the sh- when you look at the show, she played that show like a finely tuned fiddle. Yeah. She knew exactly what to do and when to like she was self-producing the entire show. Yeah. And so when you're when you are RuPaul looking at this drag queen who can do everything perfectly and is also a business person and is also a producer in terms of like self-content. Right. That's the person you crown because you're a smart business person and Ru- RuPaul is a smart business person. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, when we get to Crystal, Crystal did not fly through this entire season. She struggled a couple of times, just mm-hmm. kind of the same way that Priyanka did, right? Like she had a couple of flops. Mm-hmm. But then when you look at this 19-year-old who only just started being able to do drag in like bars and things like that, she comes out there and says, I'm not good at comedy. And then she won that that acting challenge mm-hmm. with the, the, the Peloton knockoff. Yes. And then she says, I can't dance. And then she pulls, like, I'm sorry, but she looked great in that finale. She, mm-hmm. The choreography, it looked effortless. It was and like, good. I'm a dancer. I can look at this and say that it looked effortless. It, it was really good. did. Yeah, yeah. So if she can pull that out in the, what, let's say, like, less than six weeks that she's in the boot camp of Drag Race, imagine what she's going to be able to do in two years. Mm-hmm. She is clearly the raw material of drag. She is everything that a drag queen needs to be when they start their career. And she will be unstoppable. And now she also has a crown. So RuPaul was looking at her Mm -hmm. in a long view. So not necessarily as like, did she do the best in the competition? But is she going to be best for the reputation of this show? Who has, let's be honest, a struggling reputation at some points more recently. Yeah. I'm interested to see like how that will actually benefit her in the long run. Because, I mean, sometimes having a crown isn't necessarily something that's going to benefit you as a skill. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to validate you, you know? But will it, will it benefit her? I guess, um, tune in next time. <laughs> tune in in two years. <laughs> well, because... If you look at Lawrence, right? Lawrence mm-hmm. won, and we're going to we're going to we're going to call it like it is. Lawrence won during a pandemic. There was and the bitch already to... has a memoir. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that that I don't know what the book is about, but okay. Um, but she she won during a pandemic, so there was nothing to do. Unfortunately, I'm but, sorry, but if you put a memoir out that early. I mean, your career must be over, honey. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, so did it validate her drag? Absolutely. Did yeah. it gain her any other opportunities? Not particularly. In aside Scotland, from the book. she's in doing Scotland. very well in Scotland. Very hot there. But she's she's also a seasoned queen. So in getting Scotland. the crown was proof. Well, I already knew who she was years before she got on the show. Well, yeah, she was, was already, already big in Scotland. She was like on their subway. She was already a thing in Scotland. Now she's just a bigger thing in Scotland. And so the crown is just the um, the the seal of approval, the underlining yeah. of an already successful career. Whereas when you crown someone who is just starting it means that they're already the best. So everyone is going to look at that not as like, good for you, but as in like, oh girl, then we better get in there now. Well, so I am, everyone's going to rush to be I am her. looking forward to see what Crystal Frasacci will do, um, whether or not her career will be like, uh, I hope she does like a kind of, you know, um, 
uh, uh, ooh, Violet Tchotchke kind of moment and has a beautiful yeah. glow up and really goes after something and models or whatever she wants to do because that would be lovely to see. But I swear I'm not going to go to her show. I'm going to go to Kitty Scott Claus show. I'm going to go to Ella Day's show. So mm. <laughs> I mean, probably unless she gets up on the same level as Violet, who like is an actually like a really great performer. Yeah. And I mean, she she shells out the bucks for oh her show. Holy shit. Like she's 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 Dita Von T's level. You know what I mean? Oh, she's so like annoying. It, Do you, uh, her YouTube show where she talks about fashion and she they just oh. she just reads everyone. She's like, don't wear plastic shoes. And I'm like, all I can afford is plastic shoes, Violet. Some of us can't <laughs> afford patent leather like. <laughs> oh i mean like i don't agree with i don't, yeah i'm not I, i'm not a huge fan of the the, the, the snobbery the the, yeah like, as a goofy clown face woman who yeah. has a trash a trash drag for a sister and then like a monster for another sister like, yeah i am not i'm not worried about like <laughs> looking correct but so, i like, do i do appreciate that level of drag the fact that someone like violet is able to be so goddamn uppity and just like ah oh, i mean that's amazing but it's it's not for everybody <laughs> but i mean like i i can hope that crystal puts in the same amount of yeah like, effort and she works her contacts because violet a lot of it is knowing how to work her contacts as yeah. well right having the right photographers having the right dressers having the right contacts to get you into shows with people like dita von Tees. You know, like if she does that, like Bimini is doing the same thing. She is working her contacts and she is doing the the same kind of stuff in a very different aesthetic. But she's, you know, well, she's working that same kind of stuff. I guess that's the thing. Um, Crystal is kind of she's so young that she is kind of like endless potential, but like nothing's proven and we don't really know how it's going to turn out for her. It's a, it's such a. It's such a crazy voyage that she's going to go on with this this platform. I I really don't know what she wants. She's going to do with it. <laughs> and I think that's why Rue uh, Rue crowned her. And I will say this: I'm actually um, in a way ugh, I feel weird saying this, right? Like because one, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Two, it sounds like I, I'm licking ass that I'm absolutely <laughs> not licking. Um, but. You know, RuPaul has been checked out of this series for quite some time, in my opinion. Fair. But if you look at the most recent batches, if you look at the way that she, like, lit up when Crystal walked on stage and she was so in love with her drag, and not in a creepy, like, I'm going to sleep with you kind of way, like so many other drag queens fall in love with a young oh, yeah, like she was, like she was doing with Scarlet Harlot. 100 <laughs> percent. oh yeah yeah she wanted to bone scarlet harlot she wanted to bone that one <laughs> but there was something about crystal's drag that really excited her but then if you look at the american series the same thing with simone and with Gottmik. she was in love with the two of them she became yes. excited about drag by watching these drag artists and if you look at mm-hmm. the three of them You've got Gottmik, who, you know, for all intents and purposes, could be on Dragula, like could be alt underground weirdo drag, right? Mm -hmm. You've got Simone that is doing campy urban drag, which like blew my mind. I actually just got goosebumps thinking about some of Simone's looks. Oh, Simone's. Um, Wow. Yeah. I mean, the whole House of Avalon is really interesting. Of course. 
and then you've got you've got crystal which is very i'm like i want to say like new classic like this is the new classic drag right mm-hmm. it's not going to be sequin it's not going to be sequin pageant gowns and big hair and performing to i don't know fucking dolly parton anymore it's good <laughs> this is the new classic drag so she's gotten she's gotten excited about all of these styles of drag and you can see it she really is excited looking at these drag artists so even if i don't necessarily think that crystal like i think crystal deserved the crown 100 the three of them really did mm-hmm. but even if she hadn't won i am just happy that she did because it showed you could see how excited rue was about drag because of crystal and i want that for everybody i want all of the people that are involved in the drag community to love drag and be excited by drag and i could see that happening and so that Mm -hmm. made me happy if you're gonna run this show i want you to like drag please yeah like (laughs) i think that is the perfect words to leave it on like crystal versace congratulations for winning rupaul's drag race uk season three I I hope you enjoy all of the $0 money that you won and you you have an interesting time going to Hollywood (laughs) to do a a show. I I don't know what you're going to do. I'm interested. That's just the interesting thing. It's like the potential. Like what will Crystal do is is really that question. What will she do? Um, Only time will tell. And uh, she's so beautiful and so gorgeous. And... I know on this series, I've been calling Crystal stunningly basic uh, constantly. That's kind of my tagline for her. And I mean it in the nicest way possible. She is stunning. But she but she really is, like, does every aspect of essential drag so well for her age. And, like, it's, it's, it kind of opens up that possibility. It's like, now that you have, you're, you're perfect at what you need, but, like, what? are you what will you do what what, like i could see her going so many different ways like she is kind of campy she is fashiony she is um funny she is potential for learning how to dance better and like i don't even know like she could do it all she's the slay tina of drag um (laughs) we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna see it all so uh uh, oh my God, Uma, you've been the perfect final guest. You are the mother of the house of God and you are fantastic. Do you want to tell the, the children where to find you on the socials and if, if you got anything coming up? Yeah, it's real easy to find me on the socials. I am on pretty much all of them. So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, Uma God, U-M-A-G-A-H-D. The H-D goes together like high definition. <laughs> like like, like just, hot damn just like your makeup well this has been long enough uh i've had an amazing season talking to amazing people we've had toddy we've had clips of cosmic oh my god uh seance we've had jelly we've had uh oh i'm forgetting some people geneva convention we've had uh oh, a, a whole bunch of amazing and this I have been focusing on people who are campy drag performers just because, I don't know, us campy people, we need more respect. We need more credit. And our opinions are valid, too. Um, <laughs> so I hope that you love... Very valid. Very we, heckin' valid. We are frickin' valid. So I hope <laughs> that you've enjoyed me uh, hosting this little UK uh, Drag Race podcast. Um, let me know in my DMs. Just slide in there. Let me know. Uh, tell Vicky, uh, maybe I'll even come back and host another podcast sometime 
Um, it's been so fun having you listen to my voice. Um, thank you so much, squirrels. Now, Uma, I always ask our guests to, to take us out. Um, do you have any final words for our listeners? <laughs> uh, yes. I want to remind everybody out there in podcast land that you are beautiful and you are doing a good job. And if anyone argues with you, you can say it's true because God said so. That's all it is. All right. Bye, squirrels. Until next season. Bye. God bless. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 